Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? All right. Uh, did you have any fireworks mishaps this year on July 4th? Uh, none. None? No. Well, especially not on July 4th, because on July 4th, I just watched a Capitol 4th, so no fireworks mishaps. And the night before, we went to the Carolina Mudcats, single A ah, ball. Yeah over in Zebulon, North Carolina. So we have the Durham Bulls who are AAA, and then we have the Carolina Mudcats uh, who are single A, and they're both about 35 minutes from where we live. And they had a spectacular fireworks show the night before on the 3rd. Um, but yeah, no mishaps here. I do know there was a video going around that showed some mishaps. So you know we have our morning meeting every day at BP. Correct. So Wednesday morning was... Let's watch the video because some of the folks had not seen that. And folks, oh, if you, ha- if you bet, haven't yeah. seen this, I'll have to put it in the show notes. I think it, it, there's no language or anything. It's just somebody was lighting off, like, I don't know, just mortars or something in their front yard. And it kind of went a little haywire, sparked, yeah, shot over into their stash. And then the entire yeah. stash went off. And it was spectacular. And, and I'm, now, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful that the, the van didn't explode. Yeah. Now I have, I can tell you about a fireworks mishap that I was around. Okay. We took a group of students to the other side of the world, um, to an undisclosed location to where some, some of our graduates were serving. Not recently. This is like in the past, not this right. That's right. Right. Drew was about 10, I think. Okay. And it was uh, 10 or 11 and it was, uh, around new year's. Uh-huh. So we, we were in this other country with all these students and we got some fireworks and we took them uh, to the beach and one of the students. So in this country, Roman candles were legal and we had some of those. And, and, and one of the students had not hadn't, didn't have any experience. So, so they were shooting the Roman candles out over the water. And he did not know that there were multiple, I guess, shots in it or whatever. So he shot one. It was really nice. Then he turned around (laughs) to everyone and uh, everyone was like, no, 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 no. So thankfully, he turned back around quickly enough. But then there were a couple of fireworks that had not had been duds that they put in the box. And someone, we also had a bonfire. Someone went over and threw the box in the bonfire. Not duds anymore. And what happened in that video happened with just a couple, but one of them went straight in Drew's direction. And um, it was a little scary as a mom, but true to form, Drew had great instincts and he hit the deck and it went like it flew over him. So I'll probably have flashbacks of that the rest of the day now that uh, I thought about that memory, but it was kind of crazy. So, yeah. and he thinks it's funny. Yes. So this this video is spectacular though because everything goes off all at once. It's kind of like San Diego, about ten years ago. I think that happened uh, whenever they accidentally set off their entire Fourth of July fireworks thing at once, and it was just a inferno in the sky. So, always fun, always interesting. And I wasn't home to. Um, Hear other things make the dogs go crazy. Actually, my dog doesn't really get bothered by fireworks, which is odd. The thunder, lightning, you know, all that. You know, whenever we have rainstorms come through, doesn't bother him. Fireworks doesn't bother him. He's he's just kind of chill. So, uh, one of the few blessed folks I think that doesn't have a dog that goes bananas whenever 
fireworks are around. But hey, that's enough of that. I hope everybody had a good fourth. Uh, we did. Uh, you went to triple or a single A baseball game. I went to a triple A baseball game in Indianapolis on the fourth and saw fireworks there. So that was fun. So both of us hitting the uh, the old baseball and fireworks. How much more American can you get there, Amy? But let's jump into the news this week, get things going here. And before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor each and every week here on the podcast, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and Texas Baptist College. Whether you plan to serve in full-time ministry or build a career in the international marketplace, Texas Baptist College's Bachelor of Arts in Intercultural Studies will prepare you for effective kingdom ministry. This degree equips students with business and communication skills, as well as biblical and theological studies, preparing young believers for a lifetime of Christian ministry wherever God calls them. Let Texas Baptist College help you find your calling. Learn more at texasbaptist.com slash B-A-I-C-S. That's the Bachelor of Arts in Intercultural Studies from Texas Baptist College, texasbaptist.com slash B-A-I-C-S. All right, Amy, we got some news for 2023. It's it's crazy. We, we just left Anaheim, literally, like two, three weeks ago. And yeah. now it's time to start talking about 2023. We've got the SBC Pastors Conference theme and officer announcement from Daniel Dickard. That's right. Now, one of the things that has changed since years in the past, you know, it used to be that officers would get elected, multiple officers would get elected, but that has shifted uh, to where the the president is kind of getting to just uh, announce officers, which is really helpful, particularly when it comes to like the treasurer role, you yeah. know, uh, because a lot of times you just need somebody that can work closely with the president. So officers that were announced, our uh, vice president is Stephen Rummage. Friend of the pod. That's right. That's right. Senior pastor of Quail Springs Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And then treasurer is Robert Keats, who, as I just mentioned, sometimes it's good to have that person be closely connected with the president of the pastor's conference. He's the associate pastor of business administration at Friendly Avenue Baptist Church, where Daniel Dickard is the pastor. So uh, also Kenny Lamb, who is the lead worship ministry strategist for North Carolina you know Baptists. Kenny, huh? Yeah, yeah. He is going to lead the worship selection team. And then uh, also there's a group of Southern Baptist pastors that are going to help in selecting speakers. So why don't you tell us who those people are? Well, Stephen Rummage, who you mentioned before, will be helping out with that, as well as Mac Brunson who's the senior pastor at Valleydale Church down in Birmingham, Quintel Hill, who uh, I think he's one of your officers over in North Carolina. He's the lead pastor at Multiply Community Church in Wake Forest. Chad Campbell, senior pastor at Mount Pisgah in Easley, South Carolina. Given Spinney, the senior pastor at First Baptist in Halton, Louisiana. And Matt Capps, also good friend of the pod, senior pastor over at Fairview in Apex, North Carolina. They're going to help out with the uh, the selection of the preachers. They're going to have eight speakers offering messages on each beatitude, and then they're going to have nine other uh, small talks, 10-minute talks from other folks around the Southern Baptist Convention. They're going to talk as well. So uh, got a lot going at next year's Pastors Conference down in New Orleans. Uh, going to be exciting, Amy. We had a meeting this uh, week with Daniel Dickert and his team uh, just trying to get the planning going on that, just uh, kind of laying out the basics of everything. And uh, it's, you know, I'm looking forward to next year already. I, I know we just got done with Anaheim, but man, I'm ready to go for New Orleans. Yeah, it's kind of, you, you just sort of get in the zone, especially uh, where you are, that when one is over, you just start thinking about the next one. So, yeah. yep. So I'll be down there actually in a week and a half. I go down to New Orleans uh, for our first visit on the 18th. So, I mean, it's like already starting. So yep. can't wait. 
All right. Well, Amy, it's first of the month. You know what that means? CP. All right. Got some okay news, some not good news, Amy. Okay. Only $15.2 million came through the Cooperative Program National Allocation Budget in June. But I, I think we're starting to see, and we mentioned it in the story, starting to see some effect of the economy on cooperative program giving. Yeah. Um, obviously, with inflation, gas prices, things like that. Yeah. Gas uh, and food costs, man. They're through the roof. Right, right. It, it sort of changes things. And so that's less than, uh, you know, 17, around 17.4 million that was received in June 2021. And then it's 3.85% down from the monthly budgeted amount. Yeah. Um, now, year over year, we're still ahead. But yeah, the month, and over the budget as well. So, right. yeah, so $10.6 million ahead, only three months left in the fiscal year. So we're we're going to come in way above budget this year. Uh, the, the question is how much above budget. So if we can get another month or two here uh, going well, we might be able to hit that $200 million mark. Amy, it's going to happen one day. That That's the thing that, you know, we have been kind of wondering if we will get over with that national cooperative program allocation budget. And we are getting close. Um, this Maybe not this year, maybe next year. So uh, we'll see. All right, some sad news, though. Out of Falls Creek. Yeah, this was really tough. I saw this, you know, kind of unfolding with some statements that were released on social media, but a camper has died. A camper died, uh, suffered a major cardiac event uh, on July 5th, um, was taken to the hospital, had a slight improvement, but then passed away on July 7th. Very yeah. difficult. So not a lot of details shared, obviously, but the it just a, a tragic tragic event up there at Falls Creek in Oklahoma. Um, I, I know we had a a good friend of ours who's actually I think the camp pastor preaching up there this week, and yeah, um, and so I know it's just just a shocking and and really just um, saddening event up there. So be in prayer for our friends up in Oklahoma as well as this uh, family and church family. Um, a lot of a lot of grief. Uh, in this tragedy up there at Falls Creek. Also this week, Amy, we, we lost another Southern Baptist, Ed Heinsohn, uh, who uh, I think if you, you went to Liberty or no Liberty at all, uh, probably know Dr. Heinsohn. He was the Dean Emeritus at Liberty University's School of Theology. Dr. Heinsohn died at age 77 last Saturday. Yeah, and I was really sad when I saw this. He came and spoke in Southeastern's chapel uh, some years back, but it was while I was on staff and uh he was very i mean his his speaking style was really engaging and stuff i mean my my team remembered his sermon uh for a, a very long time and so uh I, I was immediately immediately you know as soon as i saw it i thought oh i'm so i'm so sad and honestly when you have so many chapel speakers in a year you know, whenever one really jumps out, that's kind of special. And so uh, I know he was beloved in the Liberty University community. Yes. And uh, I, I'd never met him. I'd heard the name and knew the name. And uh, you sent me that link and I watched some of it. It, it really good. Uh, we'll have to put that in the show notes, Amy, that uh, that Southeastern Chapel service. I highly recommend folks go check that out. So uh, that'll be in the show notes. You can go watch Dr. Heinsohn at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. And also, Amy, we got some sad news from our friends at the ERLC. Chelsea Sobolik is leaving to go to Lifeline Children's Services. I, it's it's not that sad because she's still going to be around. But, you know, hate to see her leave the ERLC. 
Yeah, she's been with the ERLC for about four years and uh, has served as director of public policy. She's now going to do something similar. She'll be the senior director of policy and advocacy for Lifeline Children's Services. They're the largest evangelical adoption agency in the U.S. And so um, it's a huge loss, I think, for the SBC. She's done some incredible work in Washington. Uh, Things that a lot of people, you know, a lot of us don't even know because she's just working uh, quietly and uh, getting, you know, getting a lot done. So, yeah, this is a big, a big loss. And Chelsea's just a great, great person. Like she's just just an incredible, incredible woman to be around. We should get her on the podcast. Um, and talk about Lifeline and her new work and everything and kind of have her reflect on yeah. uh, the time at the ERLC. So she's a good friend of ours and uh, got to hang out with her earlier this year when I was in D.C. for a little bit. And, um, man, I'm going to miss her being at the ERLC, but glad she's still kind of in our orbit, Amy. Yeah. So uh, be around with Lifeline, the good folks over there, Herbie Newell, Rick Martin, the entire gang at Lifeline, uh, really Really good people over there. And if uh, you have any questions or needs for adoption or foster care, they're your people. Give them a call. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's going to do it. Short news week this week, Amy, again. But that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1979. And there was a a great headline there. Top headline that uh, said evangelism meeting outdraws rock concert. So the Texas Baptist Youth Evangelism Conference they were at the Tarrant County Convention Center, more than 15,500 teenagers wow. and sponsors. And uh, the headliner was Great Southern Baptist Jerry Clower from Mississippi. <laughs> they had Jerry Clower and what, speaking at a they, youth event. They did. Hey, Jerry Clower is great. I He's didn't amazing. say what. I just, it's just not quite the clientele I expected. And what he pointed out is uh, that the concert the night before had only drawn 14,000 and it was the Bee Gees. So Jerry Clower with Texas Baptist Youth Evangelism surpassed the Bee Gees. Pretty big deal. You know, there's a staying alive joke right there and I'm, I'm struggling to put it all together, but it's there. Right. And I say this as a big fan of Jerry Clower and of the Bee Gees. I mean, I think I've even used as a resource of the week, uh, Bar- the Barry Gibb album that I Oh yeah, I remember love. that. Yeah. But that's a, that's a pretty big deal. And it said that, that uh, he said one of one quote from his uh, whatever, his presentation said that the public has a narrow view of young people. The 2% of young people who are sorry have gotten all the publicity. The 98% who are good ain't nobody saying nothing about them. That's a very Jerry Clower-like sentence. Yes, very. Yes. So one of my great memories when I was 10 years old, uh, getting to sit at a kid's thing, hearing Jerry Clower telling stories, and he was uh, he was quite the personality. So um Always, always should be remembered, gave great, uh, as I understand, I'd love to hear the audio of his nomination speech when he not, and I bet I can find that. Cause yeah, the, it's there somewhere. Yeah. I'll have to go, I'll go do some digging. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, just kind of a fun one. I was looking, I didn't see a ton of things, you know, this is a, I think a slow news week always. It's a lot of times a slow news week for us. It's kind of a slow news week in other years, too. And so uh, I hit on that and I thought, oh, that's pretty fun. Jerry Clower Evangelism Conference outpacing the Bee Gees. 
uh, this week in SBC history. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is going to be a live event we're doing next week on YouTube, on the Baptist Press YouTube page. Talked about that a little bit last week. Talking about it again this week because Brent Leatherwood is going to join me on Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern. So that's 1 p.m. Central. You can do the math for wherever you live. But we will be talking about the entire kind of scope of this year's Supreme Court term. So Supreme Court term starts kind of in October, whenever they start hearing cases, goes all the way through the end of June. And there was a lot of things to talk about from a Southern Baptist perspective on life and liberty this year. So you join us on Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Life and Liberty the Supreme Court and Southern Baptists, uh, Brent Leatherwood and me, just sitting around talking about this year's term, what it means, what it means for Southern Baptists going forward, and what maybe we can expect from the court in the next term as uh, you know, kind of a, a conservative majority has kind of changed the tenor of the court as, as kind of we see it. So obviously we'll spend a lot of time on Roe, but also talk about the Coach Kennedy case, the, uh, the main school choice case, as well as several others. So uh, a lot going on with that. Should be a fun time with Brent. And uh, we'll be on the Baptist Press YouTube page as well as in the Acts 2 app. If you downloaded that for the annual meeting, you can watch it in that as well. So check us out on Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern on the BP YouTube page. Amy, your resource of the week is? A new book. I'm very excited about it. I just got my copy, so I haven't really gotten to dive in yet. But it's by Rebecca McLaughlin, who is a, a... Really, she's a professional communicator, but also does a lot in apologetics, has written several books. Um, yeah, we talked about her book, at, um, The S- Secular Creed, I think. Is that the name of it? Right. And the com- previous book? Uh, yeah. And she's also written Confronting Christianity, 12 Hard Questions for the World's Largest Religion. So she focuses in apologetics. Uh, but she's just come out with a new one called Jesus Through the Eyes of Women, How the First Female Disciples Help Us Know and Love the Lord. And so she talks about uh, the women that came uh, to him, what they saw, what we can learn uh, about their stories. And so uh, Rebecca is a member at uh, Curtis Cook's church, Hope Fellowship Church up in oh, Cambridge, yeah, Massachusetts. In Boston. Yeah. So, yeah. So an SBC church. And I really, really appreciate her and her writings and, and things. So uh, very excited. I just realized that had been released or was being released a couple weeks ago and I uh, jumped on it so that I could, could get it. And um, it came in this week. All right. Very cool. So I have to check that out. I've got the uh, the Secular Creed and a very good book from her. That was, I think, her previous book. All right. Well, Amy, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks again, folks, for joining us. Uh, be sure, if you didn't catch it, go back and get our interview and listen to that with Bart Barber, the previous episode. Uh, there was a story in Baptist Press this week about him talking about uh, the ARITF, uh, the Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force that he is scheduled to appoint in the coming days. And uh, so be sure to check that out. Go back and listen to that if you haven't already. So thanks for listening, folks. Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.